All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness. <laughs> it's your favorite true crime, cult, conspiracy, and cryptid gals, <laughs> Emily and Danielle. Fuck you, Emily. <laughs> I told her I was going to switch up the intro. I was never prepared. You were correct. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Okay. She was so proud of herself, you guys. Yeah, you should have seen the look on my face. She was very proud. I'm going to listen back to that, and I'm going to want to just, like, die. Punch myself in the mm-hmm. face. Like, I'm a terrible person. Yep. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, welcome back. This is episode four. Please don't judge us based off of the last 45 seconds. <laughs> you know what? Or do. It's up to you. <laughs> um, episode four. Welcome back. If you are a continuing listener, you're the best. And Please stay around. We love you. And if you're brand new, we love you equally. Um, but go back and listen to our previous three episodes. Um, you will not regret it. So last week I told the story of the disappearance of Johnny Gosh and the conspiracy surrounding that. Um, so that means this week it is Danielle's turn. My turn. And again, no idea what she is going to be teaching me today. Um, <laughs> so let's let's get into it. All right. So I decided to do our very first cryptid. Woohoo! Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was really hard. I'm sure. Like I have a feeling this podcast is going to turn into a lot of crime with a sprinkle of everything well, else. There might be some cults in there. We yeah. have some good cults in the Midwest, but yeah, the conspiracies and the cryptids are not as easy. Well, and like, so first I looked up one and then they were like, oh, this is just an urban legend. And like, no one even really like played along with it or even said any anything about it being real. Um, I mean, there is one cryptid we could do that we could talk about for a very long time. I are you talking about Sassy? Sasquatch? No, I'm talking, Bigfoot. I'm talking about the very tall, skinny man who I refuse oh, to talk about. Oh, yeah. That one's been banned. And I don't really know if he counts as a cryptid. He might count as more paranormal, so. Well, we can get into those, too. That's true. I'm sure at some point we will. That's true um serious sorry for that awkward pause but i looked over at sirius and he just looks very perturbed <laughs> just like mm. for the listeners who don't know what that word means what is just like he looks just like we're annoying baffled the shit out yeah of just like uh, yeah he just is like mm. i'm trying to sleep and you guys keep talking about scary stuff and then now he's judging me for sure. Okay. okay, we need to get into this. Yeah. <clears throat> um, actually, I told Emily, please ask a lot of questions because I don't <laughs> know if this is going to be very long. Lucky for her, I'm good at talking. Yeah, can can vouch. <laughs> okay, so today I'm doing the story of the melon heads. The, m- the melon heads? You heard me right. The melon heads. Okay, I have a lot of questions right off the bat, but I will hold off until you explain a little more okay so um i started out here because um when you proposed this idea of a podcast are you really gonna eat in the middle i hate you so much so if you hear some crinkly noises that would be emily eating some i'm um, not gonna say it unless they sponsor us some chewy candies (laughs) that are like really low sugar and delicious apparently i don't know okay anyway so (laughs) the definition of a cryptid according to miriam webster dictionary is an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist okay so an animal i didn't know that a creature okay um so again like bigfoot or the sasquatch or um dog man is one of them the chupacabra is another all things i have no (laughs) idea about well unfortunately the chupacabra is found in the southern parts of the states and in south america and mexico so we won't be able to cover that one um but it's definitely worth a look at their 
creepy maybe when we make like a patreon one day in our like fan club we can cover like stories that aren't specifically to the midwest that's a really good idea thank you she's she's got the occasional good (laughs) idea (laughs) this was one of them this podcast thank you okay so melonheads are said to be found in three different states um ohio michigan and connecticut so for our listeners that might not know um the midwest includes ohio and michigan but not connecticut um connecticut is east coast um whereas when we say midwest we mean like the center of the united states where it's kind of northern but like middle and up would you consider like i know this is off topic like Wyoming and Colorado um like obviously I would consider North and South Dakota Nebraska Mm -hmm. Missouri Wyoming I would okay but maybe not Colorado we're gonna get like listeners in Wyoming and they're gonna be like how dare (laughs) you yeah yeah with you Midwesterns you're welcome Wyoming but you're welcome Ohio is like really close to east coast I think that's one of those border states where you could say it is or it isn't yeah but in everything that I looked at, it included, included Ohio. And yeah, I think, I don't even think people from Ohio would argue with us on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so Ohio and Michigan are our Midwest connections. Yes. And then um, I put in the Connecticut one because, A, I needed a little bit more content because, okay. again, I, I was a little worried that this was going to run really short. Okay. And also... Because the three legends are all very similar, which I find kind of strange because they're in such different places. Okay. Um, you know, Ohio, Michigan, and Connecticut, like, while they're not super far apart from one another, are still not, like, I wouldn't say it's like Wisconsin and Minnesota or well, North I, and South Dakota. Isn't Michigan right above Ohio? Yeah. Because I... When I lived in Ohio for a very short period of time in my life, <laughs> people from Ohio hate people from Michigan. Like, so like, like you and Iowa. And Wisconsin. <laughs> or, yeah, Emily in Iowa. <laughs> Sorry, Iowa. Um, I have a good friend that lives in Iowa, so I have no beef with Iowa. I, it's me. <laughs> Ohio, Ohioans? I don't know what they call themselves. Yeah, I think that's they it. They do, and Michigan, they do not like each other. Okay. So I think they're really close. Yeah, I, I'm i like, yeah. But still, it's I just thought it was strange that the legends would be so similar when they're really not that close to each other okay. in the state and whatever. So okay. that's why I'm, I'm covering Connecticut's too. Um, I felt like that was valid. Nobody's going to be mad about it, I'm sure. Well, I hope not. And if you are, keep to yourself because <laughs> I don't want to hear it. It'll make me sad. <laughs> Um, so melon heads look like small humans, but with really big heads. So like they I'm picturing like, Hey Arnold right now, you remember the kid with the football head? Yeah. But, but like shorter, shorter and like watermelon so shaped like rounder. Yeah. Are we sure it's just not like young children running around with watermelons on their head? Um, please, pre- pretty please sure, oh, pretty sure I that's not, that was the legend. oh my God, that would be so funny. No, um, but there is, so a lot of people say that the melon heads have a condition called hydrocephalus, which is, so my friend Carrie is a nurse okay. and that's the word that I texted her and was like, how do you say this? And she sent me back a little voice clip. So if I got it wrong, blame Carrie. <laughs> Um, but so hydrocephalus is a condition in which, um, an accumulation of cerebrospinal fluid, um, occurs within the brain. So like it makes your head swell up and get big because like your, your body puts too much like watery fluids in your head. Okay. So that's a legit thing, and that's what a lot of people say that the melon heads look like they have. But they're just like, like how small are we talking? Like child size, smaller. Smaller. 
Yeah, so like your average like second or third grader or smaller. The picture I have in my head right now, I wish I could describe, but I don't think I could be able to. It's just like tiny little babies with watermelons. Not that small. Okay, so. Like, yeah, like first to third grade, some, okay. you know, about that size. Um, So most of the stories start popping up about melon heads after World War II, okay. which I don't know why that is. But it's fascinating. It's pretty recent. I mean, in in the long term of term things, of yeah. Things, yeah, I was kind of expecting it to be a little bit older. Yeah, to be honest. Yep. Um. So, I'm gonna start with the Ohio melon hide because, like, that was kind of easier to find stuff on. Okay. Um. And then I'm gonna go to Michigan, and then we'll go to Connecticut. And I was going to end with a handful of personal stories that I found online. Okay. Question. Yes. Is there one melon head in each state or is it like a group? It's like, it's a group. Okay. So it's like, they're like a little colony of melon heads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so the Ohio melon heads um, are found in Kirtland, Ohio. Um, that is by? I was just going to tell you. It is northeast of Cleveland on I-90. Okay. So does that kind of help you? Yes, I know help where you? is. Okay. Yep. Um, sorry, I have to keep clearing my throat. But um, fun fact about Kirtland is that it's known for being the early headquarters of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, which is um, a.k.a. the Mormon Church. Wow. And I found that interesting because I wondered if maybe the three places or the three states that they're found in had any connection with the Mormon church as yeah. far as I could tell they didn't hmm. um but that's kind of why I put that in there was because you know maybe these legends are so similar because they've got people from a similar I got, belief yeah, system yeah. um I should have asked the family that we know that's Mormon but I forgot that's okay so next time <laughs> Um, it's surrounded by three large forests. They're called Lake Metro Park Farm Park, which is an interesting name. I don't know if that's just what Google said. Okay. Um, Penitentiary Glen Reservation. Sounds terrible. And Chapin Forest Reservation. And I think I'm saying those all right, but, you know, No, when you knows. say reservation, is, are they... Like Indian reservations? Or I don't think so. Or Native American, I should say. Sorry. I don't think so, okay. but I don't know 100% for okay. sure. It just, when I was looking at the area on the map, it so just, those popped up as things around it. They're literally, it's literally surrounded. By forests. On three sides. Yes. I do not like that. Yeah. So, um, again, they're human-like with huge heads and... In Kirtland, there are three different origin stories. Um, story one, a doctor named Dr. Crow took orphans, experimented on them, and then they got sick of it, burned down his home with he and his wife inside. I mean, And then valid. the children went into the woods and continue to live there today. So, like, they became the quote-unquote melon heads. Because of the tests that he did on yeah, them? Yeah, because of the experiments, yes. And they're still alive today, so are they just... I don't know if it's, like, the original dudes or if it's, like, descendants of them, but they just say that melon heads are still in the area. Okay. Story two, the government is responsible and did tests on kids. When they were done, they sent them to Kirtland. In this story, Dr. Crow is the good guy who helps save the children. Wait, so is Dr. Dr. Crow's in both stories so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he and his wife take them in. There's another fire. They die. The children run into the woods to live. Okay, so we have some some similarities. Uh-huh. I told you a lot of these have the same. And, like, granted, this is all one area. I wonder if Dr. Crow is, like, a real person. Um allegedly he has a gravestone in one of the cemeteries in that town in that area yes also like the government (laughs) i love how like the government just sent him to this small town yeah they were like okay bye in ohio like yeah (laughs) they picked that one out of all of them yeah okay 
Um, and then in the third story, the children had the hydrocephalus, which caused their heads to swell. Um, Mrs. Crow became their mother figure, and when she died of natural causes, the children panicked, accidentally caused the house to burn down with themselves and Dr. Crow inside, and the melon heads that spotted that are spotted now are actually the ghosts of the children that died. Okay, that seems more <laughs> logical. More real. That it's ghosts. More realistic. The, th- the <laughs> fact that we're saying, like, ghost is the most realistic possibility yes. out of these <laughs> stories so far really tells you, like, okay. Yeah. So um, I just thought it was really interesting that in one of the stories, Dr. Crow is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then in the other two stories, he and his wife are good guys. But all the stories included a cabin burning down in the woods. And yep. then these creatures slash children like run off and live their lives in the woods. Okay. So I thought that was really interesting. That is that is interesting. Um, I was not expecting them to be so similar. To be yeah. With you. Yeah. And again, those are all the Ohio legend so it does kind of make sense that you would have different versions of it yeah because as stories go like they they change and grow and shift and you know their stories tend to be like a living thing which is why a lot of stories about um different religions are very similar is because they you know in a lot of them there's a great flood yeah you know, and in a lot of them, there's a prophet and, an, you know, so it's just kind of a way for humans to make sense of things is stories. And depending on who's telling the story, you're going to get different versions, you gotta I guess. You got to make sense of those melon heads somehow, right? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, so in Ohio, most of the sightings happen at night. Of course. And supposedly there is a community of them out in the woods that still live there today. Are they like nocturnal people? Um, I mean, I would assume so because most of the sightings happen at night. Do you know what woods out of the three or is it just like they're kind of just out there? Um, it said that they're spotted by Wisner Road. W-I-S-N-E-R road. So it's either Wisner or Wisner, but mm-hmm. I assume Wisner. Would avoid that road. like. And there's a cemetery at the end of that of road. Yes, there is. And is that's, that where Dr. Yes, Crow is? Yes, that's where they say Dr. Crow was buried. Huh. Um, Suspicious. Which is why they say the children are spotted, or the melon heads are spotted around there. Are there any, like, um photos of this grave online or anything um i didn't look because i was more concerned about getting information okay and when i tell you i have like eight sources i'm not kidding i have like eight sources because it was like trying to piece together information about all these legends and so it yeah it was it was a lot more work than I thought it was gonna be to be completely honest. I'm sorry I just looked up Dr. Crow Melonheads on Google and they're scary as hell looking. Just so you know. Oh yeah, I've seen the Whisper. pictures of them. They are creepy as hell. Uh huh. I do not like that. Yet. You uh, sure you want to stay here by yourself tonight? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in Minnesota. We're safe. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, okay, so they're usually passive and stick to themselves, but some people say that on a full moon, it can cause them to be overly aggressive. And um, while they usually only eat humans or animals, oh. they, they attack humans during the full moon. You know, they do say crazy stuff happens on a full moon. I work in an elementary school, and I can it, – it's like a legit thing. I can vouch. Like – I keep track of when a full moon is because the kids literally go bananas. Aren't and, we recording this like right by a full moon? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. And the kids were bananas today. Um, so. Okay. It sounds like an urban legend about the full moon, but it's legit. So they they normally eat animals. Yep. Like small animals, it says. But on a full, full moon, they, are, they can attack humans. Yes, if so, you're dumb enough to be wandering in Wisner, their territories. Yeah, if you're dumb enough to be on Wisner Road at night on a full moon. Outside of your car. <laughs> yep. 
Um, and then it said that one of the articles said that um, the reason why people tend to see melon heads is because occasionally they want a glimpse of the real world. So they'll like sneak to the edge of the woods in the middle of the night and then people will see them at the edge of the woods like by the road rather than in their little community off way deep in the woods. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So convenient excuse for why they see them, but take it for what it's worth, I guess. Huh. I mean, if I lived in a community in the woods, I would want a glimpse of the quote unquote real world too, I guess. Yeah. I so know. that's kind of all I have for the Ohio ones. Okay. Um, so we're going to move on to the Michigan melon heads. Okay. Um, that would be a great name for like one of the colleges there. <laughs> Go Melonheads. <laughs> Give me an M. Okay, so according to uh, clickondetroit.com, they had an article um, about the Melonheads, and it said that the legend actually started in Ohio. Okay, so they're giving Ohio the credit. Or, sorry, Michigan. Sorry. Oh, they're not giving Yeah. Typical Michigan. Yeah, so um, Click on Detroit would, was like, yeah... It was a Michigan thing, but I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true well, because, who knows if any of this is true. well, yeah, yeah. So, um, in Michigan, they live around Felt Mansion and Southern Ottawa County forests. So, um, those are west of Grand Rapids, but east of Lake Michigan, a little bit closer to Lake Michigan than Grand Rapids. Okay. Um, it, it uh, um, Ottawa County includes the cities of Grand Haven, Zeeland, Hudsonville, Coopersville, Spring Lake, Jamestown, Ferrysburg, and Beechwood. So it's, you know, counties are bigger than just a couple of cities. Yeah. So that's just like all of the cities that are encompassed in that county okay so um the felt mansion was built in 1928 by door felt and i think that's how you say his name but it's spelled d-o-r-r okay i would assume um and he built it for his wife for her to spend the holiday like the summer holidays there okay um it's been several different things including a school a church police station prison but there is no record of there being an insane asylum there, but that's what people say. That's where the people say the melon heads came from was an insane asylum that was at Felt Mansion. So there's no proof that there ever was an insane asylum there. Okay. But that's what the legend says. All right. Well. So in this story, they endured physical and emotional abuse again um, and became feral. And hilariously, they're often called wobbleheads, <laughs> which just kind of makes me think of a bobblehead. Like, That's funny. Yeah. So um, also in this origin story, it says the children lived in the mansion when they were young, um, but came up with a plan to kill the doctor doing experiments on them and escape. So after they killed him, they cut up his body and hid it in different parts of the mansion and now they live in caves that used to be used for an abandoned zoo. Um, and trespassers to that zoo have said they've seen the ghosts of the children at the abandoned zoo and at Felt Mansion. Okay, so the zoo is a real place. Yes. The mansion is a real place. Yes. And I think at some point both were abandoned. Okay. And so people tend to make up spooky so stories about abandoned places. Rightfully so. Yes, because um, they tend to be really creepy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so we have a doctor again. Yep. Doing experiments. Yep. They kill the doctor. Yep. So a little similar to the first Ohio story. Yep. And sort of the second, but the experiments yeah. were done by the, the government. government in that one. Yeah. So. Huh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then... And then this one has ghosts too then. Yes. This one also has ghosts. So we're just like mixing kind of stories here. Yeah. And then the other story for Michigan says that the children were living in the mansion being treated for hydrocephalus 
when the hospital was shut down and the children had nowhere to go so naturally they just went into the woods and people were like totally fine with that yeah they're like all right bye sick kids see you later so i mean of the two the second one is more likely (laughs) yeah and that's not even that likely that's not saying that much no because like even if this was right after world war ii it's not like it was like the early 1800s when yeah. like 12 year olds were getting jobs. Yeah. You know, like kids had to be in school and stuff. So, yeah, it, yeah, it just seems really unlikely. Wait, okay. So, in the second one, they just went and lived in the woods. They, there was nothing to do with the caves of the zoo. In yeah, the second correct. One? Yeah. Okay. So, um, and unfortunately, that's all I had about the Michigan melon heads. They were the hardest to find information about. Yet they're the, the, where they came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Okay, Michigan. <laughs> Can you tell she lived in Ohio, you guys? Oh, no, I'm <laughs> not a fan of Ohio. Actually, great food, great breweries. Okay. I just didn't like why it was there. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um. Okay, so we're going to move on to the Connecticut melon heads, which I have... A little bit more information on than Michigan, but again, it's still not a lot, obviously, because I'm doing three different states. Yeah. If I'd had a lot of information, I would have just done one. Yeah. And that was the plan until I was like, oh my God, there's no information. Um, so the Connecticut melon heads have the most sightings all over the state. Um, there are two like center, like more central areas. So like, there's a cluster in this part of the state, and then there's a cluster in this part of the state. Okay. But there, it's not like one city. Like in Ohio, it was just Kirtland. Yeah. And then in Michigan, it was one county, and this one is like eight cities. Yeah-ish. So it's Trumbull, Shelton, Stratford, Monroe, Easton, Weston, Seymour, Oxford, Milford, and Southbury. So there's sightings in all these? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Are, and I'm assuming they're, like, close to each other. I don't know that for sure. Well, I'm they're, assuming Easton and Weston are probably close to each other. But they're two opposite directions. One is east and one is west. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Um... They are in two different counties, Easton and Weston are. The first okay. four, so Trumbull, Shelton, Stratford, Monroe, and Easton are one county. Oh, so they are probably close to each other. And then Weston, Seymour, Oxford, Milford, and Southbury are the other. Okay. But I don't, I I had it written down and then it felt like too much. And so I just didn't keep the okay. counties in there. Um, These ones are the most aggressive of all the legends. Like? The melon heads are the most Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're said to eat the flesh of teenagers if you get lost in the woods. Oh, okay. Which is convenient if you've got a runaway teen or a missing teenager. Like, oh my God, the melon heads got them. I just feel like this was a legend made up by like some parents who like their kids were partying in the <laughs> woods and they were like, oh, well, the melon heads might get you. Clearly, it did not work to keep them away because, like, I've got some stories. Okay. I'm kind of excited to hear those. Yeah, those were the most fun. Like, and again, I didn't get permission from these people to use them, but they were in other forms Mm -hmm. and other places online. So hopefully nobody gets mad that I use them. I do credit the people, and I do say who they are. One of them I found on Reddit. Mm. So take that for what it's worth. I love Reddit. So... Not always the most reliable source, though. It's true. Okay, let's get into it. Um, so in the first story, there is a, an asylum for the criminally insane, which sounds familiar. It burned down in 1960 in Fairfield County. So that was one of the counties that had all the cities in it. I just okay. don't remember which one. Um, the staff and most all of the staff and most of the patients died um, except for 10 to 20 who were unaccounted for after the fire. Well, that's terrible. And um, it says that no, it's like my sources said that um, no tests were done in this legend, but the melon head shape is due to cannibalism and inbreeding. So it's not even the hydrocephalus like everybody else is saying. Yeah. It's due to them going completely feral. 
All right. Yeah. Okay, question. Yes. So they weren't melonheads until after they escaped and then they or after the asylum broke burned down Correct. and they couldn't find 10 of them and they assumed that those 10 went 10 to 20 yeah went in, deeper into the woods and became cannibals and and inbred with each okay. other yeah all right and we well. do know that like inbreeding causes a lot of like mental health issues and and health issues we see that in purebred dogs yeah, yeah and you see that in like the old school royal families like a lot of them had a lot of health issues because they were all marrying into the same families. Yeah. So it's not outside the possibility that they would get this deformed head shape because of inbreeding, but who knows? Um, other versions of the legend say that it wasn't an asylum, but a camp or a business that the original melon he- heads were campers or employees of. So... It's the same story of, oh, there was a fire and everybody died except for 10 to 20 of them, but it was a camp. It wasn't an asylum. Okay. So that's that's like three different stories all in one because okay. they talk about the same story and they talk about, you know, it was a place in this part of the city and it burned down in this year, whatever. Um, the, let's see. Oh, and, and that one, if it's an insane asylum. Oh, no, I already said that. Just kidding. <laughs> In the second story, it says that the original melon heads were a colonial era family that were accused of witchcraft and were banished into the woods. People believe that this family came from an existing colony of melon heads in Germany or from England where they were called weeble heads. So we got wobble heads, uh-huh. weeble heads, uh-huh. and melon heads. Uh-huh. Okay. I personally enjoy weeble heads. It's not a word that we use over here. So I just thought it was funny. So they like they just thought that these people were like, they're like shipped them off on a ship and were like. Yeah. You, it's America's problem now. Which wouldn't be a huge surprise because that's how Australia was literally founded. Yeah, that's true. So this was after World War Two that they... Th- that's when the stories start popping up. Okay. But they're saying that this was a colonial era family okay. that, was, that came over and... Um, it said that inbreeding again caused the shape of their heads to change and grow. They will kill anyone who wanders into their territory. So these guys are really aggressive. Um, And several of the Connecticut stories reference a fictitious road called Dracula Drive, um, which is like anymore on the nose, right? Like, what's the spookiest name for a road we could get? Dracula Drive. Ooh, that's so scary! Oh my god. Okay. Um, and it's allegedly it's a single lane road that runs through the Melonhead territory. Um, I'm just like drive this road if you dare. Yeah, but that doesn't exist. Yeah, but it doesn't exist. And so, like, some of my sources said that they thought it was this road that was being referenced, and then oh. another one said that, oh no, we think it's actually this road that's actually Dracula Drive. And so, well, how am I supposed to know what road <laughs> not to drive down? Just don't drive down any of them. I guess I'm not going to <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> um. Okay, so now that's all I have on the Michigan story, but now I'm going to read you word for word. That was a Connecticut story. Yes. Did I say Connecticut? I said Michigan. Oh, shoot. Darn it. <laughs> I knew I was going to get confused. Okay. I knew that was going to happen. Um, so now I'm going to read you some of the personal stories. Um, I did my best to keep them word for word, but one of them is super long. So okay. we'll see what happens. All right. So, yeah, the first local story, and this one is from Connecticut, says that in the 1980s, a group of girls drove out into the woods to find the melon heads, and they left their car on, but not running. Wait. So, like, it's not, like, the engine isn't on, but, like, their lights are on. Okay. Um, While they got out and looked for the melon heads in the woods. Idiots. Um, the headlights were shining into the woods while they looked for the signs and suddenly they hear feet running, Uh-oh. car doors slamming, <laughs> the car turns on and drives at them oh, no. with the shape of small children in rags with 
um, large head, heads and orange glowing eyes inside. Those who tell this story say that the melon heads still drive around in that car. They, that's hilarious. Like the melon heads stole their car. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and they still drive it today. Well, so, they need a way to get around. And they must be taking really good care of that car. Yeah, they must be. I wonder how they get like gas. They siphon it maybe. Solar powered. <laughs> they figured out yeah, how to. Yeah, they're like super smart. <laughs> um, so, and then I got a lot of these from a website. Um, one website. Oh, it was Ranker was where I got a lot of these. Um, and then I said Reddit was the other one that has the really long story. So in this story, Paul I recounts what he heard as a teenager in the 60s. According to Paul, some teenagers saw a melon head along the side of the road walk into the woods and they followed him to a farmhouse deep in the woods. Two adults and several children with malformed heads sat on the porch. One said that he was a nuclear scientist in World War II and the radiation exposure he suffered caused deformities in his children. When Paul and his, some of his friends went looking for the farmhouse, they were intercepted by several police officers who tried so hard to convince them the story was fa- false that they became even more convinced of the existence of melon heads. Okay. Um, tell typical me, tell boys, me your thoughts. <laughs> first off, deciding to follow somebody into the woods. Yes. Um, my second thought is, are, are these two people Dr. Crow and his wife? question mark Ooh, that's a good point um yeah i mean it's not the craziest story i've heard with the radioactivity and the deformalities yeah uh yeah i don't know i just think it's so funny that they were like yeah the police were trying so hard to convince us that it wasn't real that we think it's real yeah that just is hilarious to me i love that yeah, I mean, I, no, no words. All right, so the story from Kelly T was that she and some friends were out exploring in the woods and they saw a man with a weird shaped head. Like they were, this is by Felt Mansion, so they were like out yeah. in that area. And so she wrote, not knowing who this man could be, my friend yelled, hello, to try and be friendly, but all we got was a loud grunt, and the man continued to walk towards us, but now at a faster pace. Oh, God. At this point, the same idea hit all of us, and we all started sprinting towards our car. We scrambled in and peeled out of the parking lot at a full speed, not slowing down, until we were several miles from the mansion. So they were right in that area of Felt Mansion. Okay. Was it around a full moon? I don't know. <laughs> That's all the information I have. I mean, that's kind of creepy. I would not like that. But it could have just, like, literally been a man with, like, a bigger head. Or even someone wearing a weird hat. Like, it, it could have been a million different things. Yeah. I still would have ran, though, if a man started walking really fast towards yeah, me. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. Um. Okay, so my third story is the last short one. And then we have the long Reddit user one that's literally, like, a page. Okay. So... We'll have to bear with me on that one. So this one, Tony was driving with his family down a road that I do not know how to say. Chillicothe? I don't know. Who knows? It's a long C word and I didn't write it down or how to say it or look it up or anything. So Okay. Whoops. Um, when they came to a section of the road with fields on both sides, there was an irrigation ditch separating the road from the fields. That's where Tony spotted him. He explained, I looked out my window and saw him, a melon head. He, or it, was running next to the ditch. We were going about 40 to 50 miles an hour, and the melon head was actually keeping up with us. Tony goes on to describe the melon head's clothes, ripped brown pants, white shirt with red stains, and appearance about 5'7", which is taller than both of us. Yeah, that's not small. No. Light brown skin, large head, two holes where the ears should have been. 
The creature jumped into the woods as their car went around a curve in the road. So that one doesn't really match up with all of the other, like, descriptions. I'm going to say it probably wasn't a melon head he saw. It was probably, like, some sort of animal, if I had to guess. Or even just, like, a really tall person. Again, Not running 40 miles per hour, though. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe they weren't going as fast as he thought. Maybe, but still. That's true. I don't know. That one, I don't really... Yeah, that one. That one doesn't. It's kind of an outlier of description yeah. from everything else I read. Yeah. Okay, so this one comes from that Reddit user. It was Reddit user um, of Averageosaur. So like dinosaur, but average. Okay. Um, it says, I know what you're thinking. Melon heads? I understand. Melon heads aren't exactly the most famous cryptid. But in northeast Ohio, the melonheads are a local legend. However, the melonheads are mostly an excuse for teens to get drunk and go into the woods. It's a safety hazard, so it's understandable why the cops try to stop people from trying to find the melonheads. Despite that, teens still say that it's because they're trying to cover something up. My friends... Darren, Brian, Lucas, Mark, and I decided to have a Friday night of fun by going to the woods to find the melon heads. We had to evade the cops, but that was that added to the fun of the night. When we arrived, Brian commented how creepy it was. He was met with the normal high school insults. We gathered our flashlights and took off into the woods. We were all just having fun not really caring about the melon heads. As we walked, we would hear rustling in the bushes beside us. We all turned our normal-sized heads to see. Darren shoved the smaller Lucas near the bush, forcing him to see what it was. The scent of something dead began to form in the air. Lucas pointed his flashlight into the bush and saw a dead opossum. He commented how gross it was, and we kept moving. All throughout our nighttime stroll, we tried to scare each other, saying things like, what was that? Or, does anyone hear that? After about five seconds of silence, we would all break out laughing again. Eventually, Brian shoved Mark after he tried to scare us. Mark lost his balance and tripped over, hitting the forest floor with a quiet thud. We all began speed walking away from him laughing. After a few seconds, Mark screamed. We turned back and all flipped him the bird. He got up and ran over to us. He told us that he saw a melon head standing behind a tree. None of us really believed him, and we all just laughed at his claim. He seemed eager to leave, but didn't want to venture through the woods alone. Later, I began to worry about Mark. He kept abnormally quiet. If this was just a joke, then surely he would have told us by now. I still shook it off like an idiot. Strangely, we saw more animal corpses. They were mutilated and smelled awful. Eventually, it got so strong we had to resist the urge to puke. And then it was gone with the wind. Confused, we kept on. We kept seeing strange, strange, sharpened sticks and rocks on the trail. I wonder how dense I was back then, ignoring all these strange things. Eventually, we got back in the laughing spirit. We were still a little unnerved, but nothing that laughter can't fix. The trail seemed normal from there on out, but Mark was still nervous. Darren and Brian were slapping Lucas on the back of the head, so he ran up about 10 yards in front of us. As he did that, I watched as Mark's eyes grew huge. He tried to call out to Lucas, but then Lucas paused. We all ran up to him. We were greeted by the sight of some sort of house made out of sticks. The house had dead animals inside. We were panicked now. We looked back, but we saw one of the melon heads cross the trail. One peeked out at us from behind a tree. We were all athletic kids, so we ran as fast as we could out of there. I knew we were being tailed. We ran into Darren's car and shut the doors. We didn't even bother buckling up as we sped away from the spot in the forest where we were. We went a little too fast, and a police officer pulled us over. We were happy to see another human, nonetheless one with a gun. He opened our window and saw our scared faces. He seemed worried at first, but then had a smug look on his face. He knew we were looking for the melon heads. He thought we had heard some noise and got scared. He didn't listen to us. Was he not hearing what we were saying? After we had calmed down, the officer heard a noise behind him. We were now scared out of our wits. The officer looked down at the spot in the forest 
from which it had come and told the person to come out of the woods. Five seconds later, he had his gun drawn. He was now yelling at the person to freeze. Then a small, sharp rock flew and lodged itself into the officer's forehead. Blood spattered our window and we sped off. I decided to brave looking back and I saw something I'll never forget. A melon head standing over the officer's body. It brought out some sort of rock dagger and began coming off the officer's limbs. I turned back now. The local newspaper reported on the missing officer, though they never found his body. My friends and I already know what happened to him. We never told anyone this story, and I only bring it up since I saw something that caught my attention in the news. The bodies of three teens showed up in the forest yesterday. All of them had been hacked into oblivion by some sort of stone weapon. Okay. So this one I feel like we could actually, like, corroborate that word it gets me (laughs) because like that you should be able to look that up and like find information on it and i should have but i didn't that's okay (laughs) maybe we'll like do that and like a follow-up or report back next week before we start the other episode because i'd I'd be curious to see if we could actually find anything that like like about a missing officer and this like they even give us like a area to Mm -hmm. look in yeah you would think a story about a missing officer in three hacked up teens would be big news yeah yeah do you know like does this say when this was written no Uh, sorry i was yawning okay (laughs) um interesting so yeah those are my stories that was my story of the melon heads again it was a lot harder to find information so my sources are i do want to say really quick yeah quite interesting we didn't get any uh first-hand stories from the connecticut melon heads who just killed their victims yeah <laughs> um so my sisters were rachel polanski from three news investigates the melon heads of kirkland weird ohio cryptidsfandom.com wikipedia which i know is like not super legit but it's getting better, and, like, now they have their sources at the bottom of the page, right. too. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. It's fine. Um, NewEnglandHistorySociety.com. Uh, Ken Hadid, The Legend of the Michigan Melonheads. Click on Detroit.com. 99WFMK.com, which I think is a radio station. Yeah, it sounds like a radio station. And then Ranker and that Reddit user, too. Okay. So, like I said, tons of sources because it was so hard to find stuff. It's interesting. I've never heard of them before. Yeah. I do feel like these stories were just made up to scare kids from going out in the woods. Um, yeah. I mean, interesting. I just thought it was really interesting how all three stories either had an insane asylum or yeah. fire or yeah. um, testing on people. And, you know, like they were yeah. all so similar and from different parts of the country, which, yes, they are pretty close to one another. But like still the United States is kind of a big place. So and I actually looked it up when you were telling one of the stories because the really, really, really long one. Yeah, well, because <laughs> Cleveland, I mean, you said north. What was it? North. East North- Northwest. Yeah. That's n- relatively pretty close to actually the Michigan mm-hmm. ones. Um, so that was kind of interesting to me. How they got into Connecticut, that... I well, know. you know, Connecticut would say they started in Connecticut. Yeah, sure. But because they came from, you know, Germany or England in yeah. that that legend. So... Huh. Well, um, if you have any personal stories, please share it with us. I tried to find so many yeah. and like those were really the only good ones I could find. That we would be really interested in hearing. Yes. Um, if you have any other cryptids you want us to cover. I know we're probably going to be doing Bigfoot here soon. We had a listener write in a couple stories about that so i know we'll be covering that and, and our future brother-in-law yeah. is a big bigfoot person so we're gonna try and get him on the show with yeah. us to if, 
to he's, learn. He still wants to. Yeah, who knows? We'll yeah. see. John, John, are you listening? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, let us know if you have any cryptids you want us to cover. Um, I know we put a shout out for conspiracies in the last episode. Um, I think we're really covered on the crimes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, but if you do have one that, you know, happened in your area or whatever you want us to cover, we'd be more than happy to um, do that as well. Uh, do you have any last minute thoughts? Um, no, just uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I know that was kind of a weird one. Um, social media? Yes, our socials are Instagram is mw madness podcast our twitter is also mw madness podcast yeah we confirmed that yes um we Basically. haven't tweeted much yet but we definitely will start doing so um our email is mw madness podcast at gmail.com and our facebook is midwest madness podcast yeah we'll probably eventually start doing some maybe like discussion posts yes on our facebook so if you're into that definitely give us a follow um if you're listening on apple Podcasts, give us a good five star review um and write us a little something if you feel like it we do actually read those so yeah and we get really excited when a new one shows up we're like yay um and if you have any corrections or comments or concerns or ideas feel free to shoot us an email or give us a dm and we will be happy to address those absolutely okay guys well i hope you have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you next tuesday bye hi i'm taylor hi i'm jenny are you into ghosts aliens or murder it's okay if you do because we love terrible things too it's why we started our podcast a little bit grim we talk about the paranormal true crime folklore cults conspiracies some disasters and every other heinous thing that could possibly happen to a person it's a little bit spooky it's a little bit funny and it's a little bit grim And you can find us wherever you like to stream your podcasts. And find us on your favorite social media platforms. We'll see you there. Goodbye. Goodbye!